welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. Thank you so much for joining me today, everybody. Um, we're doing some some new things here on the podcast for, for the next few weeks where we are winding down the NFL regular season and getting ready for the playoffs. So some seeding is is getting uh, worked out. Some some playoff scenarios are being figured out and, and shown around on Twitter, and, and we're all very excited for the playoffs. So to make sure that we are as prepared as we want to be, we're going to deep dive a few teams between now and the start of the playoffs um, that I think are real real contenders to, to win it all, or at least teams that I find really interesting going into the playoffs. I think will be fun uh, matchups for, for a couple of the very top teams. And and who knows, maybe, maybe have a chance to, to win it all. So to do that this week, we're going to start with a uh, conversation about the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. And, and what we're going to do every week as well is I'm going to, for one of the teams ha- have a team expert on to uh, talk to me very much like normal, uh, where we have kind of a, a back and forth conversation where we'll deep dive that specific team. So it might be a, a representative from Phantom Sports. It might be somebody from outside of that that have been guests on the show in the past. Um, you know, so, so for example, this week we have Josh Limassand on, uh, Josh has been on the podcast a few times before he is, uh, the beat writer for the Minnesota Vikings over at stadium rant. So make sure you go and check out his work over there. Um, just go to the NFL tab, search for Vikings, or you can just search his name at the website. Uh, so again, that's stadium rant, Josh Limassand. And you can follow him on Twitter at JLime8 as well. So Vikings fans or anybody interested in following the Vikings the rest of the way, make sure you follow him and read his work because it's great stuff. But we have a really good conversation coming up for you here. Um, And the other part of the podcast that I'll be doing each week is I'll take another team and and just do a quick five to 10 minute kind of rundown for them um, at the top before that interview. So I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans today who – are seven and five currently uh, on a two-game losing streak, and, and when I put this together, they they looked a lot more interesting at seven and three. But um, you know, the Titans are the team that just won't go away. Uh, for really two years now, people have been waiting for them to kind of fall off, and you know, Ryan Tannehill to to just kind of not be the guy that he was in, in 2019 and 2020, and Derrick Henry the same thing. And you know, when is this house of cards going to come down? And it hasn't fully happened yet, but it's happened this year to the extent that I expected it. So seven and five right now, their their wins have come against non-playoff teams. So so that's the Raiders, the Colts, the Commanders, back when Carson Wentz was the quarterback, a very different team at that point in week five. Um, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Packers, right? Those are those are bad teams. Their losses, the Eagles, Bengals, the Chiefs the Bills, and the Giants. So teams really squarely in playoff contention, they've lost to. Um, and, and they're bookending their season right now. They start off with the two losses, and, and they have two more just these last two weeks. Uh, upcoming games, they have two against the Jaguars uh, and then games against the Chargers, Texans, and Cowboys. So, you know, say let's say it's a division divisional series. You split the Jaguars games. You beat the Texans. You lose to the Cowboys. Let's even give them the Chargers. Let's call this a 10-win team once again, right? That would be an accomplishment. Um, and, and I do want to just give them a little bit of love to talk about them quickly here at the top because this is a team that's always in it. They're extremely well coached. 
Um, they have a great game plan every single week. They, they have uh, some obviously really, really good players. Derrick Henry is still very good and a big name. Defensively, Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byer, just two very productive all-pro level guys at their positions. But overall, this team just doesn't feel like it has the splash. It doesn't have the juice for for when they get to the playoffs. You know, right now, let's say they were to be the four seed as the division winner in the South. They're playing who, the Dolphins, you know, as the five seed in the playoffs, or or maybe, you know, the the Bengals or the Ravens, something a team like that. If they were lucky and pulled the Ravens as a four or five matchup, you know, you might be able to say Vrabel can come up with a game plan for Lamar. Their front seven is much better than their defensive backfield. They don't need to face any big time receivers there. Lamar, you know, maybe only out a week or two with this knee injury, but he's not going to be potentially quite as explosive. Um, you, you could see a world where maybe that would work out, but if they have to play the Bengals or the Dolphins, they just don't have the offense to keep up or really the the high level talent on defense to to slow those offenses down. Um, and still even in the game against the Ravens, I would still probably take Lamar to be able to to pick apart that defense um, and, and take care of business. So uh, again, I do want to just mention the Titans because of how well coached they are and the players that they do have. But you know, the the proof is in the pudding. Losing to all these playoff teams, um, and, and you know, if you want to look at the advanced stats as well, DVOA, they they've been going down in in all the rankings across DVOA the last couple of years. Their their window really felt like 2019 when they were in the conference championship game, or even 2020. Offensive DVOA, they were uh, fourth in overall offense, fourth in passing offense, second in running offense in 2020 and 2019. They were sixth, sixth, and fifth, respectively, in those categories. And, and we really feel the, the loss they've had offensively. So after the 2020 season, they lose offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, the tight end Johnny Smith, and, and wide receiver Corey Davis. And, and really, the offense has fallen off since then. Uh, 2021, they were immediately 20th in offensive DVOA, dropped fourth to 20th. 21st in passing DVOA, 17th in rushing. So dropped pretty significantly across all categories. Then going into this year, they even lose AJ Brown, and they're they're still not very good. Twentieth, fourteenth, and twenty first across those statistics. So that hasn't been great for them offensively. Um, digging into that a little more, it it's about the run game. Derrick Henry obviously just hasn't been the same since his injury in twenty twenty one. He's still been good. Don't get me wrong; he's very talented, but the run game overall has struggled. Um, they they moved on from Roger Saffold at left guard. Their offensive line just is not as good. Seffold is a 6'5", 300-pound run-blocking mauler, uh, and now it's Aaron Brewer who's you know maybe on a good day, 6'1", 275. So it's just not the same kind of team, not the same kind of offense, um, and, and just doesn't feel like it can keep up with the best teams in the AFC. And even defensively, while they can game plan for anything, um, and, and they're the best run defense by DVOA in the NFL, it, it's just not it's not enough, right? It's not a, a team that's going to create a lot of turnovers, create a lot of points, have a lot of splash. And, and when the offense is is not up to snuff with the rest of the conference, feels like this is a team that's going to lose in the wild card round. So I, I believed in this team up until this year. Um, I was still on them last year and they, they were a, a little bit better than they are now, but their, their window is just kind of passed. So they'll, they'll be in the playoffs. It'll be a, a, a nice season overall. But they have some young guys to kind of turn to, especially offensively for 
for next year or the next year or two. So we'll see what kind of happens. But I did want to show them some love as a division winner, a, a really tough team, a really well-coached team, and, and I respect the heck out of them. But I think come playoff time, it's just not going to be enough. So that that's the Titans. Um, now we're going to talk about the Vikings, another team that a lot of people don't believe in, but I do. Me, me and Josh are pretty optimistic here in this podcast. So everybody, thank you so much for being here. Um, we appreciate you and enjoy the podcast. All right, we are now joined by Josh Limesan of Stadium Rant, Vikings beat writer, super Vikings fan. Also, if you need some uh, fantasy football stuff, make sure you are following him on Twitter because he'll occasionally put out some content for fantasy, but we're focusing on Vikings tonight. Um, Josh, how you doing, man? I am doing very well. When your team is ten and two, life is life is better than you know than when they're not ten and two. I guess <laughs> that sounded more exciting in my head. But anyway, it's good to be back. I love talking <laughs> football with you, Simon. So thanks for having me back on. Um, especially to talk bikes. This is gonna be great. I know. I always like. I feel like I always tease you with like, yeah, we could talk some Vikings, but then I make you talk about some other stuff, whether it's <laughs> the Steelers or the depressing Bears. Or, I mean, we did our NFC North season preview a few months ago, obviously, mm-hmm. and we got some things right. We got some things wrong. Um, I, I think we can all uh, assume you are pleasantly surprised by the things we were wrong about. Um, oh, yeah. Just in general thoughts right now on how the Vikings season has gone so far. Cause again, we're going to focus on the Vikings here 10 and two at this point in the year, he wins against the jets and bills as of late, the commanders back in week three now actually looks like it was a better win than it maybe felt mm-hmm. then. But of course that was Carson Wentz. We'll talk about that. I'm sure at some point, um, but obviously key losses to the Cowboys recently and the Eagles earlier in the season, that one doesn't look so bad now. It's a lot of close wins, though. Uh, eight of the mm-hmm. 10 games have been one-possession games. Um, overall, what's been the biggest surprise for you this season, bo- both for the better and for the worse? Yeah, um, so for better, it's definitely close wins. Um, you know, you mentioned the 8 out of 10. It might actually be 9. I don't know if, if we counted that before the, the Jets game, which probably shouldn't have been a one-score game, but then it ended up being a one-score game. So yep. I'd have to recount that. But, yeah, that's – that's a surprise in a sense that, you know, and that's why there's a lot of people, especially the national meeting media talking about how the Vikings are lucky or fraudulent to some extent, because that's a pretty absurd record in, in one possession games. Um, and I don't remember if we talked about it specifically, I know we talked about it in passing, maybe not on the pod or from the beginning of the year, but the close games we lost last year where I was, of course, my optimistic mindset was, well, we would have been better last year had we turned some of those into wins. And now that's what we've done this year. And look where we're at. We're at 10 and two. Um, and so I'm a little bit surprised. Um, I think my preseason prediction had 13 and four, but that's a Josh Lumisan prediction, which means it's going to be overly optimistic. It's going to be a lofty, like Super Bowl bound prediction. So, but now it's not looking too crazy somehow. It's actually part of a conservative record as the season wraps up. Um so I think 10 and two is a surprise. I think even your, even the, you know, be aside from the guys on the team predicting 10 and two for the Vikings at this point would have been, you know, pretty, pretty lofty um, in terms of surprises for the better. Um, we've talked about, I've talked about this with some other people, but Kirk cousins in a weird way is having one of his better seasons yep. statistically, not necessarily that, but you know, there's rumors out of, out of, out of camp that, you know, he's, taking more risks. He doesn't feel as scared to make mistakes that he's going to get reamed by Zimmer. So he's instead of 
And to me, to me, what that looks like, and I don't know if this is the expert, you know, all 22 review, but to me, it looks like he's hanging on the ball a split second longer, taking a big hit to the chin, but delivering really accurate throws most of the time. He's also had some, you know, inexplicably horrible throws, right, but right. I think he's, ex- he's experienced enough and he's a veteran that he has that short, you know, that short memory. Like he doesn't get rattled when he makes a bad throw, he comes back out and he's back in there. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest surprises for the better is, you know, last year you just saw him about to take a sack, and that's when, you know, the narrative of he can't move, he's a statue back there. Unless mm-hmm. he gets perfect protection, he can't do anything. And this year, you know, he's making throws under duress that aren't just, like, just avoiding sacks, but he's actually making pretty key completions. Um, there's a – I'd have to pull it up. I don't know who it was, but on Twitter there was a tweet of some of his late-game throws in that Bills game, and it it didn't make sense. He looked like – you know, Hall of Fame QB back there mm-hmm. somehow getting those throws out. You know, and I know the Vikings got a little lucky with the, you know, the fumbled snap at the goal line and, you know, that weird touchdown. Like, you can't count on that to win games. But, you know, we also did get into that position where we shouldn't have gotten stopped at the one-inch line, you know. Right. And he made some epic throws. You know, the Jefferson catch that'll go down in history. Like, that game had everything. And, you know, some of the things overshadowed some of the throws that he was making. So from a like biggest surprise of the season on on the better side, um, he he's making he's like he's playing to win is kind of how I would phrase it. It's not like he's just playing to be good. He's playing to make avoid losing kind of you know that yep. that sort of narrative. Exactly. He looks like a guy that's not just there for the paycheck and to get stats. He looks like a guy that wants to win a Super Bowl, and it's really refreshing to see um, as a as a Vikings fan. Um, in terms of other surprises the defense is weirder than I thought it would be. <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. and I hesitate to say bad, but I also can't say good. I mean, right. we have to look at the Vikings defense. We give up a ton of yards. The dead jets game this past weekend, we gave up a ton of yards and, you know, had the jets converted, maybe one, one of those five Zerline field goals, you know, we might be talking about a nine and three Vikings team. Like it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it's also, you know, we have the, we have the pass rush a lot, like the Zedarius Smith, you know, acquisition has been huge but that's not I guess that's not really surprising but um you know the second we want to say that defense is too bend not break it still comes up big so it's it's, yep. it's weird so I get the surprise there is that the defense is weird and and I know we're going to get into the defense a little bit more specifically a little bit later on um in two other surprises real quick Greg Joseph is a complete liability and I am yeah. always one to defend kickers and the fir- one of the first reports I read out of training camp was Greg Joseph is eight for eight and he's pushing 60 yards and he's dominating. And it just, you know, it was the whole Vikings camp without Zimmer this year. Everybody was happy and smiling and <laughs> hanging out. And Greg Joseph is just 100%. We're like, this is everything. And I even wrote in my one of my preseason articles, like, Greg Joseph is going to be a reason we win games this year. And now he's been a reason we've almost lost some games. Yep. Because um, you can't. And I, I'll try to. I usually don't blame kickers for missed field goals, especially long ones. But he's only made two past fifty yards, and you know, in this this NFL, you got to be able to hit some fifty plus yards. It's just part of the. That's just part of the part of the deal. And he's missed five extra points, and that's scary. Um, our special teams coach though had a really good presser last or the week before the Jets game about adjusting. He was making some adjustments, kicking from a certain hash or something, and they moved him to the left. And he was perfect against the Jets. So maybe there's a corner turn there. I just worry about the 
mentalities of kickers. And I, you know, I don't want him to fold in the playoffs when we need him. So um, that's a surprising narrative. I mean, actually, if you're a Vikings fan, you probably don't think that's surprising. We've always, we've had kicker issues for years, but, (laughs) but it's more so than it, than it should have been. And then my last surprise is kind of another positive one. The TJ Hawkinson deal was something that, you know, I, like, I know NFL trades are happening. I feel like more so in the recent years, trades are happening um, more so than when I was a kid, from what I remember. And as you know, from the past, past handful of years and especially for a Minnesota team to make a move like that at the deadline um, when Irv Smith goes down and you know at the time you're like eh, what's a tight end going to do but he's he's converted fourth downs for us late in games he's been a target over the middle he doesn't need to be wide open to make a catch like he's turning into a huge safety valve for for Kirk and I think that's a that's a savvy move that may not look splashy but I think has also been really key over the last few weeks in terms of, you know, what we've been able to do on offense. So, but yeah, but another surprise to me because, you know, I, I don't picture the Vikings making in-season moves almost ever um, or in, at least any big name ones. But I think that one was, that was a really pleasant surprise to see. Yeah. So. <laughs> and especially in the division, right? Interdivision trades mm-hmm. are so rare. And then on top of that, an in-season one. And on top of that, one for like an actual starter, right? It's one thing right. where it's like, Oh, it's it's a uh, our third string corner or our second string corner, and he's your third string. Cor- no, this is like a legitimate like mm-hmm. top weapon from the Lions coming and becoming a legitimate top weapon for the Vikings. So yeah, right. that and, and I think that speaks to the mentality that this team has this year, where it's like, hey, we're not a joke anymore, right? We're we're legit. We're in this for sure. For um, sure, we believe we have every opportunity, so we're not going to let some slippage in the tight end position hurt us and and i think that speaks to you know you were talking about like the close games and and the regression from last year um you know now winning these games and and i think there's some to that everyone after the cowboys game was also throwing around the point differential stat right like right oh the first team with the <laughs> negative point differential blow it's like well yeah you got blown out of one game by 37 like that's exactly <laughs> I, I get it but also like all right calm down yeah. um this team has proven i think if you can't say anything but this it's this team knows how to win football games right and as much as the stats are a part of this now and the film study is a part of this now where we want to micro analyze everything and and i i mean i do it too like i i pull up the all 22 and i watch you know how how players are playing a wide receiver or how they're getting after the quarterback or you know, what throws that the quarterback might be missing. I go on football outsiders. I look up DVOA. I, you know, I try to see all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's more about, can you win football games or not? Right. And Mm -hmm. and winning football games is about doing the right things to put yourself in position to win the game at the end, Yep. regardless of if that means by three touchdowns or three points, or you're down three points and executing at the end of games to seal the deal. Right. And this team, does that you, you look at their two losses and it's it's a early season loss uh to the team that has the best record in the nfl and mm-hmm. it is a complete blowout it just like and and when there's a blowout that bad we'll talk about that at some point i'm sure but i almost kind of just write it off like weird stuff has to happen for you to lose by 37 points like that right um mm-hmm. 
So I almost write it off. Now it feels real from the Cowboys perspective. They're a great team, but from the yep. Vikings perspective, I'm like, uh, Kirk Cousins, did he eat something weird for lunch that day? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think in terms of that mentality of going after TJ and, and winning these close games, and that's why this whole time I've been saying, look, do they have a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? No, probably not. Do they have right. – he's playing like it though, right? That's what counts. Do they have um, a, a top 10 defense in the NFL? Probably not, but maybe some days, right? And do they mm-hmm. have the best skill guys? That is a good group. We might be able to have a conversation about that being top 10. But it's just a matter of what do they play like on game day? And, and right. that's the difference between what we see and say on Sunday afternoons when the games are on and then what we talk about, guys like you and me and people in the national media on Monday through Saturday when we have to fill up airtime, right? Right. <laughs> um, and, and that's why to, you know tonight's podcast is important because we're going to figure out, hey, can the Vikings make a run at this? And that doesn't mean – if, if we analyze the data and really grind all the film, are they one of the best five teams? No, it means do they have what it takes at the end of the season to kind of maintain and, and hold pace and put themselves in good positions in the playoffs to then be in positions to win some games. And, and you know, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what all this is about. Um, I wanted to hit one more sure. thing on, on your Kirk cousins point and yeah, playing more free and, and players have even said this like throughout the season, both on offense yep. and defense. Uh, one guy I know we're going to talk about later, uh, cornerback Cam Dantzler, um, has even said like, you know, when you're not afraid of getting yelled at, you can just yep. be a football player again. Like he has had a much better season this year than he has so far in his career under Zimmer, mm-hmm. especially you mentioned the defense is weird now. Zimmer has a huge hold on that defense. We knew there'd be some sort of step back in that regard. For sure. But when you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm going to mess this up if I take this chance for that ball, or if I say, you know, my coverage says this, but what I'm seeing in the <clears> moment <throat> is this, right. you got to be able to trust yourself. And, and success or not is what separates the good players from the not so good. But if you have that ability, but you're scared to lean into it, then it, you know, completely saps you of whatever you can do. So Kirk, even though right now he has more interceptions than he had last yes. year, what I feel like, I'm with you. It's because he feels like he can make more plays and he definitely is, but it also just feels like the interceptions he's throwing aren't the same inexplicable ones that it's been in the past. Now I think he has nine so far this year. Three of them all came in that Eagles game in week two. Um, And and so it just doesn't feel like it's the same kind of backbreaking. I got to make a play. I got to make a play. It's, Hey, this is our offense. I have Justin Jefferson. I've Adam Thielen. I, you Mm -hmm. know, I have KJ. Let me just, chuck this ball and, and you know that it feels so much better I was just, than the ones uh, where it's stressed and grinding and like yeah oh, crap, that was an interception oh for, for sure and I like I was just gonna say something about how it feels like you know he does have more interceptions but the feel when you're watching the game is like he puts so many so much more percentage of the time he's putting the ball out there to give our guys a chance it feels yeah. that way you know I don't know what the stats would be and yeah there's a lot of interceptions but but yeah, it, it definitely has the feel that you have some confidence in him because sometimes like, he makes he looks like he's making a throw and I'm like what? And then all of a sudden it's right on the money and I'm like he had nothing on that. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how that throw is made. But um, but yeah, it's it's definitely the feel and that you know the vibes are good. So <laughs> that's what it's all about, man. Oh yeah, it's all about the vibes. I would love to see a stat on, and I'm sure this is out there. I just don't know where it is at this moment. But yeah. 
you're you're saying these like turnover worthy plays that turn out to be great ones. I would love to see something on if like his explosive plays or his throws like 20 yards downfield, if that's improved over the yeah. course of this year to last year, because yeah, if, if he has nine interceptions this year, but the increase in two interceptions from last year has resulted in six more 20 yard passes, then it's like, right. you know, sure. I, I would take that. Right. Um, all right, so that's big picture. Let's move into some specifics here. Let's get into some strengths and weaknesses of this team. Okay. Um, so offensively, they're 11 in points per game. Uh, and, and I think I got these stats before the Jets game, but it's still going to be sure. right around this. So yeah, 11th in points per game, 10th in passing yards per game, 8th in first downs achieved, 28th in total penalties, um, <laughs> and 2nd in turnover differential. So... A very efficient team, mm-hmm. a very smart team, and a team that takes care of the ball. That's in this day and age where it's very offensive focused to determine how far you go. Those are all very good places to be. What do you, what do you think about yep. when you hear those things? Yeah, um, it, it, it confirms, I think, what we know that this this team's offense is what drives us. And we're never going to win. You know, we're not going to win a 13 to 10 game um, this year. We're going to, you know, if we if we can't score, we're going to probably lose and that's kind of what you know fans are clamoring on those Facebook groups that we know and love so much that you know our defense is very frustrating to watch and we're always going down to the wire like we don't shut anybody down per se um, and I don't think that's going to be this team's MO at any point in time like that's not ever going to be a switch that turns on so our offense has to perform but it's given us confidence that it will um, and it starts um, as you know and love in the trenches Christian Darisoff is a shoe in for the Pro Bowl he's been lights out this year Brian O'Neill on the other side like our tackle play, we have a rare, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood, we have a rare set of talent consistency there. And one of the, you know, I'm not saying 37-point loss is acceptable ever, but, you know, Darisaw didn't play that game. You know, that was a break Brandle subbing in, you know, against the Micah Parsons-led Cowboys defense. You know, that's a recipe for disaster. It's not the only mm-hmm. reason we lost, for sure. But it's, you know, we saw the impact that Darisaw can have. He consistently, you know, for what it's worth, consistently has some of the higher PFF grades uh, for offensive tackles. And it's just been, you know, it's it's largely a strength. Like our tackle position's great. Garrett Bradbury has been good, not amazing, but good. And he was potentially the liability. Ezra yep. Cleveland, kind of the same. Our biggest issue is our rookie right guard, um, Ed Ingram. He's definitely had a lot of eye-opening rookie moments. And so, you know, he's gonna be a cause for some sacks and whatever, but he's a he's a he's a beast in run blocking most of the time. So I think it's just rookie growing pains for him. So I think the offensive line you know, when it plays well, as it should, is 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 a huge key. Um, you know, that the stat that went around a lot after the Cowboys blowout or blowout loss of the Cowboys was the sixty some odd percent pressure rate that Cousins was facing. Like it just mm-hmm. astronomical. You know, Patrick Mahomes top one was like thirty something percent. It was that was the comparison that people were drawing on Twitter and things like that. And so, you know, that being pressured that often, you know nothing's gonna get going. Um, and so it starts there. Um and if, you know, if, if we can be as solid as we have been to produce those ranks that you kind that you kind of laid out, like the passing yards, top 10 points per game is close to the top 10. Um, and we've been protecting the ball pretty well. Kirk has his, his slew of interceptions, but um, we've been pretty lucky with, with a lack of fumbling and things like that. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty solid there. Um, in addition, come at some of the other things for off- offensively, um, you have to mention Justin, Justin Jefferson. He's been, 
otherworldly. I, I, I don't understand it. He made a catch against the Jets, and it was a, you know, early in the game, third down conversion for like five yards, but he had to, it was a dart across the middle. He had to extend full full hands to grab it, and then he got just smacked right after, and he hold, held onto the ball. He always seems to hold onto the ball, and so, mm-hmm. you know, and his, you know, my favorite trait of his is his, his sneaky little yards after the catch where he's always like, Yep. weaving for an extra four yards or always falling forward like that it's weird like he makes all those amazing catches but i just love seeing him always getting further um in the direction we need him to go and so like if we have the line play we have jefferson out there and anything can happen um so that that's one of the biggest things on the offense and then you know the other thing we kind of touched on it earlier is making the winning plays when it matters this team has proven that typically end of the second quarter and end of the fourth quarter we have showed up to play especially on offense um kirk's had a couple big drives early in the season we barely beat the lions and we barely beat the saints and you know we got into those positions because of late offensive drives that we led and so you know we we've been known to have some third quarter lulls but when it when it's crunch time when we got to get points in two minutes we've been pretty good and you know another swing in the dallas game um, I think they brought it up on the broadcast. So I was like, oh, that's actually a good point. I don't always agree with the national broadcast, but they were talking about the the end of the first half swing. It was like 20 to three Cowboys, and we were in position to at least get a field goal, and we had a turnover. They got a field goal, then got the ball back after half. So now instead of being down by two touchdowns, we're down by 20 points, and we didn't get the ball. And like that little swing at the end of the second quarter that we've been typically putting in our favor, um, you know, has been – or, or was another part of that. The reason why that game got out of hand so fast is because we couldn't stop the bleeding. You know, we may have still lost that game if that swing doesn't happen. It's not a huge swing, but it's that it's that sort of shift in the game that can, you know, can really lead you to it leads you in one direction or the other. So um, so at least offensively, those have been some strengths, you know, clutch times at the end of the half, end of the game. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson doing his ridiculous thing. And then our offensive line when they're playing playing well it's like this team i think can score on anybody um for the most part and so and we and we'll we'll have to to win games like i mentioned earlier so so assuming that stays put or that's those are the strengths that'll take us on a deep playoff run if we can if we can get there so justin jefferson is so good and, and something that they said um in the jets game was i forget who who it was in reference to was saying it but you just think he's so much bigger than he is. Like you watch him play and it feels like he's one of these like six four, two hundred and twenty guys, and he's just not. But right. that that idea of always going forward and falling forward, you should really talk to Deontay Johnson about that, who loves to <laughs> run backward. Deontay Johnson, I think, has more yards going backwards and forwards. But that's for another day. Um he he is just incredible. And the fact that, yeah, whether it's he, he's deep and outside. He's working the slot this year. He's over the middle. He took two huge hits in this Jets game from Jordan Whitehead over the middle and just yep. like gets right back up and, and yep. just keeps going after it. Um, He's been huge, obviously. And just the, yeah, that in the last two minutes, that confidence of feeling like they can score here instead of yep. we're going to see Kirk Cousins meltdown here. And, and <laughs> yep. In terms of that, it was great to see the week after Dallas playing another primetime game against the New England Patriots, who are yep. still a very good defense, mm-hmm. um, and, and to put up 33 on, on them. You know, the, it, there was no, 
you had to build back up, right? The Eagles, they hit a little lull earlier in the season. They're obviously back to where they need to be now, but they kind of had to creep back up into it, right? Right. The 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 Vikings, and it's why even more, I, I don't completely write off that Dallas game, but I'm not that worried about it because it was really – they score three points on what what was that a Sunday night and and then the next week they come back Thursday night Thanksgiving prime time Patriots thirty three points and, and Kirk has a great right. game so mm-hmm. um, I mean I'm looking at it right here eighty one percent completion percentage two hundred and ninety nine yards three touchdowns yeah. so like I think that's also that 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 knocks a lot of monkeys off your back when it comes to your confidence sure. in this offense is complete and, and the fact that they can win these close games. Um, this is what the playoffs are going to be, right? And, and right. so while the regular season, it bodes well to beat up on bad teams, right? That's a metric a lot of people like and, and care about. When you get to the playoffs, you're you're not playing bad teams, and, and right. you're not expected to win by 30. Yeah, it might be great for the narrative. <laughs> yeah. And again, the whole idea of like how confident you are. But also, if, if you're a team that consistently wins by seven points or three points, and it's because you score at the end of halves and the start of halves, and you take care of the ball, you feel pretty confident in that too. Right. You feel better in those margins than you would if you're a team that relies on the blowout wins. For sure. All right, so that's the good news. That's the happy stuff. I'm glad you know we started there. Uh, right. We'll, we'll uh, now transition to the not-so-good parts uh, of the season so far. So here's some more stats and rankings for you. So the Vikings are 25th in rushing yards per game on offense. Um, definitely not what you think of when you think of this team, uh, defensively, they're 31st in yards allowed per game, 20th in points allowed per game and last in passing yards allowed per game. We'll, we'll get into the, the construction of, of the defense here, here in a minute, but let's start with that rushing offense, right? When I think of the Vikings, I think of the zone running scheme and, and Dalvin cook and, and all that stuff, uh, over the last couple of years, it's kind of transitioned away from that. What, what do you see in the run game on offense? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an it, an issue, um, and not so much that we can't do it all the time. It's that sometimes I feel like we don't commit enough to it because you know we don't we don't just run over everybody. It's not easy easy to it. I think sometimes we we decommit from it too soon um, because da- Dalvin Cook still has still has enough in the tank. He, he's, he's shown on some big burst runs this year that he's he still can be an effective back in this league. And his numbers actually are pretty good. He's at 927 yards already this year, and he's got you know close to five yards of carry. But uh, you know, I, you and I were talking a bit ago that he has, you know, he's had some really big chunk runs. The Miami game, I think, I think it was the Miami game. He had like an 81-yard touchdown run, or he had this really young long run. Now I'm now I'm getting my games mixed up, I think. But he's had a couple really big long runs that have been pretty clutch. He had a huge run against the Bills. That might have been the 81 that I'm thinking of, but. Um, that was a touchdown that got our offense going because we had we were down like it was we were down by a couple scores and he bursted for this huge run and we mm-hmm. needed that to get back into the Bills game to get even close yep. to yep. waiting for that chaos to ensue. Um, and so he's still an important factor. Um, a lot of my pre- previews for the game, some of the keys I've always said is you got to run the ball. You know, every good team, as much as we want to throw the ball around everywhere, or think that we don't need to run. Every good team has to keep defenses honest with the run. And I think sometimes we either decommit or we're not doing well enough in that game. And so we, we try to do things that are too cute, too fancy. Um, you know, my least favorite thing is screenplays. Um, and that's part probably part of the reason we decommit from the run too soon. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't give you enough off the top of my head. I couldn't give you specific scenarios, but trust me as a Vikings fan, there'd be too many times when we've started to drive 
you know, first and 10 turns into second and 14 because we do this goofy little screen. It gets blown up and I'm like, please just avoid screens. <laughs> like, why can't we just run for two yards a couple times? Like, it's funny because I, I my least favorite thing in the world is run, run, pass for second, third down. But but sometimes you got to do that. So that's OK. It, it can happen sometimes. <laughs> and so um, I, I've talked to other people, too, like, just let's take a break from screens. They're getting blown up left and right. And I don't know who it is, if it's a receiver not sealing the edge, if it's a Oh, Lyman not getting out in time, but they're, it's just not working. Um, and so that's part of it, too. Um, I feel like third and long is is not uncommon for the Vikings. I'd have to check the stats on that as well. But um, the running game needs to be committed to a little bit more if we want to be successful in the playoffs, for sure. Because um, time of possession is still such a vital stat in a lot of games, especially when you're, go- you know, when you're potentially going up against a Jalen Hurts-led Eagles offense or, or a Dak Prescott-led Cowboys offense where – they run the ball really well. They have elite mm-hmm. offensive lines. Their offense is going to be on the field. And so if your offense is on the field for only a few plays, that is a very quick way to lose your game um, instantly. And so, you know, Dalvin's got some flashing. There's got some decent numbers. He might even be in for Pro Bowl consideration for all I'm concerned, but he hasn't done it all consistently. It's been more of like, you know, nothing, 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 huge play, nothing, nothing, and then maybe right. some stuff at the end. And it's not it's not the, like you mentioned, you know, a team that in 2020 was maybe sixth overall in rushing yards per game. You know, it's, that's not our calling card anymore. And and nobody yeah. wants us to just run the ball, but you have to also kind of run the ball. Like it's not, you can't avoid it. You can't be one dimensional. So um, that's definitely a weakness that needs to get improved um, off on, on the offensive side of the ball. Cause it opens it up for, for JJ, for Justin Jefferson too. Um, you know, gotta get, gotta get the defense cheating up a little bit every, every now and again. So one of my favorite bits whenever you come on the podcast is we always start off with some stats and we sound like we're uh, younger people <laughs> and which is more appropriate to where we are. And, and then by the end, we're just saying run the ball and this I know. just knows how to win. And we just sound in <laughs> an offensive line. And then we get off and I'm just like, we sound so old. Like who we do, like, we what do. Is, but you know what? Whatever. That, that's the way it is. We're <laughs> Literally before we got on, we talked about knees hurting from you know taking trash out and walking around the house. So this is this is where we are, everybody. But be um, careful on those icy driveways, folks. If you live in the northern states, <laughs> oh, I do not miss icy driveways, man. I thank goodness. Anyways, anyways, all right, here we go. So that makes a lot of sense with with the run game, right? And, and you know, we even saw this because O'Connell comes from the McVeigh system, and even when. The Rams were before Matt Stafford, the Jared Goff years, right? They were a mm-hmm. run team, run oriented <clears throat> team, but it was always to set up the pass. So yeah, it is that that balance between okay, you don't actually have to be the Eagles, you don't have to be the most efficient running team, but you have to yeah. do it, and you have to yeah. be willing to because so much of your passing game comes off of that, both schematically and on your end, and schematically on what the defense is doing, what you're yeah. adjusting to. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, sure. finding a way to to get a little bit better in that, but at least Dalvin has that ability still to break off those runs because I think yep. every team, you know, you said it like he's still going to be in Pro Bowl consideration, even though he's not the same guy he was two or three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And just that name recognition and that big playability, whether it happens or not, it's always a threat. So everyone right. always has to keep that in mind, which does open up that pass game. But For let's sure. switch over to the defense because, like you said, it's it's really weird. Um, we knew it was going to be a more offensive-oriented team when when you go from Zimmer to O'Connell, a head coach. I, I spit out some of the stats um, just in terms of their rankings on defense. Mm-hmm. 
going into the season, you had said defensive back, defensive back, defensive back. That was the main issue. That was what you said in the preview pod. That was what you said when I was asking you for, you know, what draft tips, right? What they're going to do in the draft. They obviously attacked it. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., uh, 23rd overall pick. Lewis Seen, 32nd overall pick, 30th overall, 30th pick, whatever it was. Um, yep. Seen, obviously, in the London game way back when, broke his leg, and he's out for the year. Dan, uh, not Dantzler, uh, Andrew Booth Jr. has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. He's back on IR right now. I don't think he's been mm. designated to return just yet. Nope. Um, but just what's the evaluation you've had on the corners this season. Patrick Peterson's kind of having, from from my perspective, like a resurgent year. That's been yep. cool to see. Um, Harrison Smith is doing his thing. He's not the guy he was a couple years ago, but he's still back there making plays. Um, and specifically yep. at corner, I, uh, is Bynum the other safety that's in right now? Bynum's like, the other safety, yep. How's he doing? You know, you had like eight and a half game of, of Cam Dantzler, who was having an improved season from last year. He gets hurt. Uh, Caleb yep. Evans comes in. He gets hurt. Booth Jr. comes in, he gets hurt. Duke Shelley, back to Evans, back to Shelley. You know, what <laughs> What are these young defensive backs like in, you know, Peterson's year, the the number two corner and, and so on and so forth? Yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, it's 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 definitely, you know, especially at the corner position, probably, well, it's hard to say weakness, but it also is kind of a weakness. Like it's in, a, in you know, we talked about it, the weird defense. Like we don't blitz a lot. Um, we drop a lot of guys in coverage. Harrison Smith is doing less at the line of scrimmage and more in coverage. So I kind of sit, see him every now and again out of place, which is weird for, you know, the intelligent veteran player like that. He's still making big plays, big interceptions for us, but he's, you know, he's not always being used to his full, full potential potential, but our, our safety pairing is, is probably our strongest part back there. You know, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum have both been pretty solid. Um, you know, even Josh Metellus and spells has been a, you know, career kind of special teams guy, but he's come in and, you know, he had a big fourth and one stop in one game earlier in the year. Like he, the, you know, the next man up mentality has been not only necessary, but also beneficial at times. Um, we had obviously didn't see any enough of scene. Andrew Booth looked extremely tentative. Um, and one of the games he started coincidentally happened to be the Cowboys game. Um, he right. got burned, burned pretty bad by Noah Brown on one play and basically was giving every receiver about 600 yards of separation at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, you could tell, like, I don't even fault the guy. I'm like, you know, he looked like I'm a rookie. I'm in here. I shouldn't be in here yet. And 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 that's probably true. But so it's a bummer that he got hurt because he was probably going to in line to get a lot more playing time and could have gotten yeah. a little bit more. Um, and could have gotten a little a little more game reps to, to help him because I, th- I think he still can have it. He's definitely not a bust or anything like that. He just oh, yeah. he, he needs time. So that's going to be a liability until he has it. Um Kind of not the not a weakness would be the Cam Dantzler and, and Patrick Peterson before the injury for Cam Dantzler. Yeah. Patrick Peterson's in the top five and passes defense. Like you said, he's having a kind of resurgent year. No one really thought he would be as effective as he's been, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it actually kind of plays well that, you know, we're not a shutdown secondary, we're more of an opportun- opportunistic one. Um, and so he's been he's been a big part of that. And um, Cam Dantzler the confidence issue is or the confidence improvement is epic this year um i'll get into weaknesses in a second i promise but (laughs) (laughs) ever the optimist is what you know i know know. know. (laughs) but you know if you look at one of our end of the season games last year against the lions jared goff carved us up and the game-winning touchdown was a pass from goff to amandra st brown and cam dancer was just hanging out behind him like holding his waist, like ready to guide him to his seat in the end zone after letting him score a touchdown. I was so bad and I 
could not. I was beside myself with rage. And then this year, Cam Dancer comes in. He's fired up. He's handsy. He's all over the place. We won a game against the Bears because he literally ripped the ball out of the hands of Amir Smith-Marset. And I was like, let's like, what a fun way to win a game. And uh, Smith-Marset was a Viking in the offseason. And he got cut by us because there was some locker room drama. He got picked up by the Bears. So it was even a little bit sweeter, I'm sure, for Dancer to take it off of him. And so, um, yeah, it's a bummer for the injury. Always bummer when you guys get hurt. But uh, the way Dancer was playing, he was starting to – he was taking the proverbial step and he was playing with such a confidence that was really cool to see. Um, Cause yeah, like, like you mentioned, I was big on, we need defensive backs because, you know, our, you know, unless our pass and even good pass rushers are not even good pass rush defenses aren't doing it every single play. Like you have to have guys that can cover on the back end. And so, you know, we've given up a ton of yards, Mike white, really good stack game against us, mm-hmm. you know, like he's, you know, we're not stopping anybody in terms of yardage and that's probably partly due to scheme, but also, you know, we have some, some guys in there that are still taking steps. Caleb Evans, um, one of our draft picks who actually I picked in a bears mock went way back when for, um, for, for phantom. And, and I was, I was, I feel, I feel like I should take a little credit for the Vikings getting, I don't know how, Absolutely. I don't know how they heard. No, me, yeah. But... You, you put it out in the universe. They, <laughs> they, honestly, they probably read it, right. They probably read the piece and they're like, you know what? We can't let this Caleb guy that Josh yeah. over here thinks yeah. bears should get, we can't That's let right. that happen. That's right. And so, um, he's been, he's been making some plays still, but still a rookie, you know, like he missed, he missed a couple tackles last week and he's not, you know, he's, you know, t- tackling is so huge. That's a, it's a, it's an underrated thing. I feel like people, maybe we we don't talk about enough. Just the world in general. These like, young kids, they don't talk about tackling enough. They don't. They know? don't. It, they need. Yeah, it, like, it's all gritties and and touchdown celebrations <laughs> and and yeah. fourth down conversions. You know, you just got to tackle young <laughs> people. Right. You got to tackle and run the ball back in like back in my day. <laughs> Seriously, I don't mean to sound this old. I don't know what it is. I'm just like turning. I'm getting my old. I've been a parent too long now. I'm getting. I'm getting too old. <laughs> Um, so, and now Caleb, Caleb Evans is on IR for a while. Um, and then I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. Duke Shelley showed up to break up that pass against Buffalo. Didn't know who he was. <laughs> I checked, I write my previews. I checked the injury report or injury reporters like on the Friday before a game. And then Sunday comes along and I had no idea this dude existed. And there he is in overtime, breaking up a pass without committing a penalty. I'm like, okay, welcome aboard. Welcome to the squad. And so <laughs> get in there. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and he's since made some mistakes, but, but as you would expect. And so we're, you know, that's why it's probably still a weakness. Like you have to cover for a team that doesn't blitz as much, you know, we're going to have to have that short up as best we can. And it will be a liability. Like um, I think you mentioned the stat, we're giving up uh, plenty of points per game. We're not going to shut anybody down. And so that's, that's, that's part of the, part of the reason why Um, I think the last guy secondary wise would be Shannon Sullivan. Um, one of our, you know, pickups in the off season from the Packers, you know, and he's, I've seen him make some nice pass breakups, but he's also, you know, again, just not, not, not a blanket cover guy. It's just, you know, an experienced guy who usually makes his tackles and it's, you know, but, but he's still giving up yards a lot of the time too. And so it's kind of a, you know, I, I defensively, I think we're going to give up passing yards to every, to anybody. Um, it's going to be, can we rush the passer and can we slow down? Uh, good running games which obviously we couldn't do in both the eagles and, and cowboys games and that's why you know looking ahead to the playoffs that's the biggest concern is 
you know, what are you going to do against those elite offensive lines if you can't get to the quarterback and if you can't stop the run? Because Tony Pollard killed us, and you know Jalen Hurts was able to do whatever he wanted to in in you know week two. So so yeah, unfortunately the defense is still you know a liability. Um, speaking of coverage, but not necessarily with secondary guys. Um, you and I talked a little bit before the pod. We had you know sometimes we have you know Zadarius Smith dropping back and pass rush, Neil mm-hmm. Hunter dropping back to cover guys, and it's. It seems counterintuitive. So, you know, I know a lot of Vikings fans are clamoring for, you know, there's been a lot of fire Donatel this year um, online. And, you know, I'm, while we're 10 and 2, I'm kind of in the camp like, well, maybe he knows something I don't. And maybe once the playoffs <laughs> come, he's going right. to dial up stuff that no one's ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because sometimes it feels like if we go into the playoffs with this defense, like we're going to give up too many points and our offense can keep up with. And so, you know, when we look at a weakness standpoint, that those are the things on defense we can't, we just can't ignore, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the the stuff up front. It's it's so interesting, and and when they blitz out of it, especially with Zadarius Smith, when they move him over the middle and he he blitzes or at least fills the gap, it works so well. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why would you take that away from yourself? Especially when this team is built on on linebackers who can cover anyways right eric hendricks is one of the best coverage linebackers in the nfl that's mini fred warner right there so why why change anything up except to yeah try to try to confuse the offense right but but it ain't working so you know what really confuses the offense we sound really old again zadarius smith (laughs) hitting the quarterback right exactly go go get some licks on the guy (laughs) yeah it'll be fine um i do wonder if when Dantzler comes back and they feel like they can trust that secondary a little bit more, sure, will they open it up a little bit with, with the blitzing? Now, I mean, they had eight weeks to do it and they they weren't doing it early in the season, but mm-hmm. now that they've experimented enough with it, can will they maybe kind of simplify some stuff? You hope so. Generally, in the playoffs, you usually see that sort of thing, but I mean, right. in, in that game against the Bills, even though the Bills have won three straight since then, but we saw okay, this is you know, this is how you beat the Bills. And, and it is how you beat every elite quarterback, right? Can you get to them with four? And, and I think the Vikings have a line to do that. It, it yep. is just about, you know, being your best on every rep. Who do you have rotating in to do other stuff? And then, yep. yeah, when, when it gets down to it in the playoffs and you have to play the Cowboys or the Eagles or potentially both, can you can you stop the one thing that they want to do most? And, and you know right. we'll, we'll see that that e- I would love to see another Eagles matchup just because it was so early in the season when they when they right. faced off before. But that that second corner and, and yeah, Dantzler I think is he might even play this week, so that would be great. Um, how is he going to play against you know the wide receiver twos right, Devonta Smith or Michael right. Gallup? Um, Right. Seeing seeing what that matchup can be will be really interesting. Sullivan, I was going to ask you about because uh, I feel like this is every nickel corner, right? Um, you you hop on the blogs and every fan base thinks that that's you know their their nickel <laughs> corner is just the worst player. Um, <laughs> yeah. in in terms in terms of his you know pass coverage versus like run defense, right? Because I I think of nickel corner a lot as a run defender, maybe even more. <laughs> Than a, a pass defender, and, and in the last two years, slot receivers have become so much more weaponized. I feel like the slot corner hasn't always caught up with it. Is, is he is he doing yeah. all right against the run at least, or or is he just kind of like he's just a guy? He's fine out there. Like he's just not making a lot of great plays or anything. 
Yeah, without with being honest and saying I haven't ever analyzed him specifically for a whole like all twenty two game right. or anything like that. Um, he does seem more so just a guy. Um, he'll show up every now and again, make a big play, but he's you know he is kind of, you know he's got experience. You know he knows where to be, so he's fine. But he's not. To me, it doesn't seem like he's been as much of an impact as maybe we had hoped when we when we signed him. So, yeah. you know, and, and I do. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, in Duke Shelley, uh, I, I I also just looked him up again. Um, another uh, NFC North player, three years on the Bears. So you just love uh, stealing guys from yeah. the NFC North. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's how you get better. You steal from your your closest enemies, I guess. <laughs> no, it's funny you mentioned about you know not getting the most out of your players when you you know take Zedarius out of his element. You know, I my one of my colleagues said when we were recording something earlier this year, he said. You know, sometimes it feels like you're coaching defense with one hand tied behind your back. Like you're you're mm-hmm. setting yourself up at a disadvantage, and it's yep. it's not. You know, I don't think I think even people that watch every game are kind of like I don't know what the purpose of that is, unless there's some you know secret plan in place that I don't know. It's kind of a weird weird thing. Um, you know, and it's it kind of also speaks to, you know, when you said rush four, we have you know Dalvin Tomlinson has been huge for us, mm-hmm. and he. And he's missed a handful of games and it's, and it's definitely showed like Harrison Phillips was a nice pickup from the bills and he's also played well. Um, but the two of them together, you know, I saw a stat uh, at some point during the year where, uh, oh shoot, I'm going to, I'm not going to say the stat cause I'm going to get it completely wrong. But Dal- Dalvin <laughs> Tomlinson was somewhere in the top 10 in pressure rate up the middle or something from a player that lines up. And it's something that he's done throughout his career last year yep. um, as well from the nose tackle position, getting pressure. And so, that push that he's generating on his own can compensate for some things, you know, especially a team that doesn't blitz. Like you said, that wants to rush with four. If he's getting a surge up the middle, that immediately helps with running game and pass rush. And so, you know, we need, we need him there. Um, We need, we need our whole, our top four defensive linemen, you know, primed and ready to go for the playoffs. That's for sure. So hopefully that's all of those injuries are taken care of by then. But (laughs) Yeah, when when you get into the playoffs, it really is just so much about yeah the the health and and you know what depth do you have, but you can't have depth everywhere. So so right. it honestly it like it's probably been good to you know if you're a defensive back room, you're not as confident in you know some of these guys get playing time during the season. I mean, like you said with Andrew Booth, like it wasn't a great game, and he really has only played like a full game and a half before he got hurt again that's experience. So if he has to roll out there in a playoff game, even, you know, in, in dime defense or something for just a couple of snaps, yep. he at least has that. Um, and man, dude, Harrison Phillips. I love that guy. That, oh, yeah. that, that was such a, that was such a cliff signing. Um, oh, yeah. for sure. All right. So, so we've kind of, we keep saying analyze and then we say we're too old to do that, but we, we've <laughs> analyzed, we deep dive into some of the, just some of the rankings, some of the numbers, some, some of the game planning, when it comes down to it, and I wrote in the outline, and again, I don't really like saying this, but I wrote, how real is this team, right? And, and that mm-hmm. really just means like, what are your real expectations as we get down to the end of the season, as we get into the playoffs, is this is this a Super Bowl or bust to you? Is this a got to win a playoff game? Is this a, hey, we had a great regular season and everything's great? Like, what what is this? What are you expecting and then maybe we'll talk like a little bit matchups, like where where this team kind of matches up to some of the other NFC teams uh, that are looking to make, be in the same position. Right. Well, 
So for my, what I'm expecting at this point is a Super Bowl berth. And I say that for, for a couple of reasons. I know that I, you know, always the optimist um, for the Vikings, but you know, if, if I look back in my lifetime at the teams that have had like that feel, you know, it was the, you know, the 98 Vikings when I really come, came into my fandom as a fifth grader, Moss's rookie season. You know, we lost in the NFC Championship game. It was the 09 year with mm-hmm. Favre, the cross-the-body interception. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get there. We lost to the Saints with Bounty Gate and all that, you know, all that junk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Minneapolis Miracle had that feel. Um, but then we went to Philly the next week and just got slaughtered. And so, like, this team has a feel of a late playoff run. Yep. Um, so my expectation is that. A slightly more realistic expectation is um, I think it would go a long way, and I it's not going to be easy. It would go a long way for this team to get the one seed somehow. Um, it's hard to picture Philly relinquishing that, especially because they have the tiebreaker over us. But they have two games against the Giants, and they have a, da- a game in Dallas still um, that c- could get interesting. Um, yeah. And I, you know, and if they slip up, they haven't been overly dominant you know they're still i would consider the best team in the nfc but they're not they haven't been as dominant as they have in the past um i think this vikings team would be you know i everyone would love to play at home for sure but i think this team especially would get a huge boost knowing that they got Mm -hmm. to immediately skip past the wild card round um just because of the weird the weird state of the nfc i don't want to get you know I don't want to somehow face a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers who sneaks in weirdly and, you know, decides to hit their stride, you know, that sort of thing weirds me, weirds me out and makes me nervous. Um, But then again, that's, that's Viking cynicism creeping in as a team. That's never, that's never won the big one. We, Uh we always tend to, you know, (laughs) you know, think, think of the worst possible scenario. So, you know, my expectation is Super Bowl or bust. If this team wins a playoff game and, you know, shows out and then maybe loses a close one in Philly or something um, or Dallas, you know, I, I'd be upset and I would, it would take a while to recover, but it would also be, I don't think you'd have to, you know, blow up the whole campaign and say this team can't win. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like something, something along those lines. So um, I think, you know, the old cliche since we're being old guys tonight is that any given Sunday and uh, once you make the playoffs, you're a contender. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's it's weird to me because last year I watched the Eagles Bucks playoff game, and the Eagles looked like they had no business being there, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't as high on them coming into this year as everyone else, and obviously I was wrong about that because they put it together and and Hertz yeah. Hertz looks only is looked only better each year he's been the starter, so like it's they're the real deal, um, and so but I've I you know I don't know it's it's weird, but I I think it's got to be Super Bowl or bust at this point. Um, because you're ten and two, and it's it's got the feel of a team that's can win and close. Maybe has a little luck on their side at times. You know, good teams are always a little bit lucky here and there. So, so that's kind yeah. of oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it 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 gets goes back to what we were saying earlier, right? The vibe around this team, the feeling around this team, because you know what has it been the last few years? I mean, there haven't been playoffs, and have they really not been back in the playoffs since 2019? That's nuts. Um, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, that just kind of blew my mind. I kind of forgot all well, about that. That uh, that I'm a, that Detroit Lions lost last yeah. year. That <sighs> that sent us and put us in a really <sighs> tough spot. And we never recovered. That's so tough. That's <laughs> know, so it's, tough. It's, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> it just feels like, 
and it's hilarious because this isn't even based in fact here because Kirk Cousins wasn't even there. Kirk Cousins only been to the playoffs with this team once. Um, mm-hmm. But it just feels like this is the team, and, and maybe that's just because of the narrative around the team this year, but it's like uh, this is the team that is the two seed, <clears throat> and and then they'll miraculously lose in the wild card round, right? And that's kind of right. what you're talking about where like if the Packers sneak in or or the Bucks lose the division and end up as the seven seed, like you would be worried about that. Um, right. But I, but I don't think so. Like that I, I feel good about this team beating a bad team. Right. And and so whether that's the bucks or the Packers or more likely the commanders or the giants, like, I don't think the giants can keep up offensively. Um, the commanders, I'd be a little more worried about that matchup just just because of their front four. And their front four is is legitimate for sure. And and they're just getting better every week. (laughs) Um, but I think, you know, I think you could take advantage of their their defensive backs and their linebackers haven't been healthy all season, the commanders that is. So I like that's a matchup I would still expect the Vikings to win, right? So yep. really any of those teams that sneak that that get in that seven seed, if you're in the first round, then there's definitely there's definitely a chance. The idea of the one seed, yeah, man, that's nuts. The, here are the next five games from Minnesota. Detroit, Indianapolis, New York Giants, Green Bay, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Those I'm going to say this quietly, but those are five winnable games. <laughs> Very um, winnable games. Ha- have you let yourself think about if this team went 15 and two? Have you have you considered that yet? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you. <laughs> I have. oh I for sure. Well, like I said, I made my 13 and four is now conservative, and the two right. losses I have, I have. You know, I'm like Vegas this week. I I don't pick. I don't think the Vikings should be underdogs. That's absurd. But it is. It is know, crazy. It is nuts. Detroit. Detroit's kind of on one right now. They're playing. They're playing at top level. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Like at home, I can picture them doing something and having it. You know, the sky start falling in in Minnesota for a week until we write the ship. So, right. <laughs> but it's right. funny. I was talking about it with a couple of guys at at my website, and the the Packers fan was the one of all people that said, "Oh no, you guys are winning out. It's fifteen and two, like with confidence." And so here we mm-hmm. were taking advice from a Packers fan, which is something you should never do. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding; he's a good guy, but <laughs> but no, it was interesting. So I, I'm I feel like I'm thinking fifteen and two in all my predictions this year. Pick the Vikings, and you know that's. Some might call that stupid, but I'm ten and two on the year as well. Then, so I feel like I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. So, yeah, so you're gonna I win definitely, more than you lose at that point. Yeah, definitely winnable games. Um, you know, and 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 I, you know, part of me is also like I have to fight that Viking cynicism because this is why right. we're a fan, right? We're fans to enjoy when our team is good. And what's wrong with having some confidence, even if we, even if some we have some slip ups along the way, you know? So, let's do it. Let's well, go fifteen and two. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And I mean, Philly, like, yeah, we've talked a lot about how easy their schedule is, but yeah, they have that Cowboys game, that away Cowboys game. So mm-hmm. even if that's the only loss that they have, you know, and, and yeah, it's a tiebreaker, but then you just need them to to lose one more. Right. And you you just never know. It could, it could absolutely happen. Um, right. But either way, I'm, I'm confident in this team in round one, right. I, I'm not For expecting sure. this to be a house of cards that all just falls, <clears throat> even if it's the bucks, even if it's somehow the Packers, uh, yeah. but again, giants for sure. Commanders, I think, would be a good one. Um, but I, I still, I, I think this team should just win. This should, yeah. this is a, a, a ten and two team for a reason. And I think uh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. One more thing, I haven't mentioned his name yet, but Kevin O'Connell um, is a different oh, yeah. mindset to have in the playoffs than, than a Mike Zimmer, who's not going to change what he wants to do. You know, 
Kevin O'Connell has he didn't adjust in the Cowboys game very well, it didn't seem, but um he's come he's come out. I think it was the game after he come out he comes out our game script at the beginning is really good. He's really capable of writing a lights out touchdown type of drive script to start the next game and kind of put the get the bad taste out of your mouth. So I, I can see him adjusting well enough to keep us keep us close with the best. Yeah. Absolutely no, absolutely. And that's that's where it pays off to have that offensive minded coach and, and somebody who is is younger and and was just <laughs> under someone like Sean McVay, right? Just right. just a year ago. Whereas Mike Zimmer, he he's been the guy for so long. So it's so it's hard to say to change what you do. Um, whereas this guy is little 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 younger, a little more green, and, and is going to mix things up and change things. Um, and then as we get we progress through the playoffs, right? We get into that second round, and you're playing, you know, let, let's say, let's say the Eagles win, win the division. Let's say they're the mm-hmm. one seed. <clears throat> then are you playing the Cowboys potentially in the next round? The brackets always confuse me. I never, yeah, I, what... well, I think, I think what happens is, you know, after the first round, they reset. So the highest seeds playing the lowest seed, right? So it, it's, you can't, I don't think you can predict it too far in advance. I suppose I kind of wrote in my notes. I think that for us to get to the Super Bowl, we're going to have to play at least two of the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners group, which is kind of my, the other yeah. three contenders, like even with Garoppolo going down, that Niners defense is, is something else. And so they're not going to be pushed over by anybody, even if it's, you know, Brock Purdy at quarterback, um, you know, the, I'm sure Shanahan will find a way to keep them close. And so, um, you know, the nice thing is if we get the two seed, Philly gets the one seed, we'll be on the opposite side of the bracket to the championship game. I do think it'll right. go through Philly, which means we're looking at a uh, Cowboys matchup or a Niners matchup, um, you know, unless, you know, because right now the other playoff teams are the Giants, Seahawks, and Bucks. And um, kind of like you mentioned, I don't – none of those teams are scary to me. Um, you know, Seattle – I can't – I still can't believe Seattle's – how good they are this year. They were – <laughs> that's that's bonkers to me. I can't. Even, a Seattle how, matchup how, would be so fun. That would oh, be yeah. a shootout. That would be so great. Yeah, yeah, for Let's sure. See. So, so I don't. I wonder if. Yeah, I wonder if we, because we would play. Right now it's set up. We actually would play the Seahawks, and then we'd probably take. Assuming the Niners beat the Giants, we would then probably we would play the winner of the Bucks Cowboys game. So yeah, it's looking like. Seahawks, then Cowboys, and then potentially the Eagles. If if the teams that are in there right now are are the ones that are in there, so 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 in terms of a Cowboys matchup, mm-hmm. how, how how do you see that go? One one thing for me with the Cowboys has been when I watch, I feel like they're not all the way back yet, even right offensively. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they looked like they were against Minnesota, but the Green Bay game. Right. They didn't look like they were all the way back. Even on Thanksgiving, you know, New York, they started slow with a slow first half. Yep. And, it, and it feels like they're not all the way back. But then they, you know, are on national TV the other night. And they're like, since Dak has been back, they're number one in offense in the NFL. And she's mm-hmm. like, how? Like, it doesn't feel that way at all. So yeah. not only are they doing that so that they can keep up with Minnesota offensively, they have, I, I for my money, the best defense in the NFL. So mm-hmm. – and you know you can say the same thing. San Francisco, good offense, great defense, but I think you know the offense could win out. But in terms of Dallas and and we'll talk about Philly, but in terms of those teams with the great defenses and also very good offenses, 
Yeah. How do you see Minnesota stacking up in that in that sort of way? Yeah, that's the, if when we match up with Dallas, to me, it's going to be that moment where I hope that Donatel and O'Connell have have some secret blitz packages that they mm-hmm. were saving for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because that Dallas offensive line, aren't they getting Tyron Smith back soon? But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's already been yep. it's already been good, and I feel like they're still somehow using like they're using Elliott way more than they need to because Pollard has been lights out, and it. I don't worry about like Dak is a great quarterback, and he's been getting a little bit better since he's back, and he's you know mm-hmm. he's definitely a starter in this league and a and a quality quarterback. But what scares me more is like 12 play 75 yard drives for the Cowboys where our defense mm-hmm. is just gassed. And then it just takes one Micah Parsons strip sack or one, you know, a couple three and outs in a row. And I just, that that's, it almost scares me more than like, you know, Kirk's going to pick six on the first drive or something. You know what I mean? Like the, that type of game where you don't feel like there's anything you can do because their offense yep. is so methodical and, and six yards a pop in the backfield. So in terms of a matchup, we have to find a way to get to, get through that offensive line. And so I don't care what we do. I don't care if we blitz seven guys. I don't think I, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever the all out blitz package is, it's gotta be, you know, strategically used in that game. Cause we, we have to disrupt the running game. Um, if we want to beat Dallas um, and then obviously protect, protect our offensive line. But I think we do better with a healthy Darisaw in the playoffs than we did in our, in our blowout loss. And I, I trust our coaches to, to, to learn from that as well. So if we can, if we can hold our own on offense, we have to get to the quarterback. Otherwise, we're our defense can be on the field all game. All right. So matchup with the Cowboys. Yeah, can can you fix whatever happened on, on the offensive end? And and like you said, I think there's just so much pressure so early on with that backup left tackle coming in. And then defensively, yeah, what what new thing can you throw at him? And and you almost hope the coaching staff knew what they could throw at them in, in that first matchup. And they were just like, we're not going to show this yet. And that's why right. they didn't make many adjustments. It was a lost uh, cause. Yep. <laughs> right. We, we, we don't know for sure. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but, but let's say, let's say we get past them. Let's say, let's say we, you know, it's a good game. It's another close game. Typical Vikings game for the season. They pull it out. Mm-hmm. As you said, the, these playoffs are probably going to have to go through Philly. And, and I think that's the way, a lot of people see it. That's the way I see it. Um, can't imagine playoff setting going to Philadelphia in the cold with them being the one seed, really feeling themselves. Um, yep. What does that look like? What What's the plan? So it's funny because in the week two matchup, my my preview was all about you have to contain Jalen Hurts. Like I don't want to get beat with him escaping pressure, making throws on the mm-hmm. run, or running for forty yards. And I almost got excited early on because I thought I saw the Vikings doing that. But then what it turned out to be was like, yeah, everyone was in position, but they were just like three steps behind the Eagles players. Like it was almost like they were too scared that he was going to do that. And I was like, okay, well, you can't do that either. Like you can't, (laughs) you can't, like, I don't care what quarterback is in this league. If he's got any sort of patience, if he's got seven minutes and seven and a half minutes to throw, like you're going to lose the game. And that was the issue in the, in the week two loss. Um, because the Eagles have a good defense, they're not easy to score on, and they were good at pressure as well. But more importantly, on our when they were on offense, like they didn't even score; they only scored twenty three points, and they um, they had some drives that stalled out. We had a, mm-hmm. I think we had a pick or two that kind of kept us alive with some hope. Um, but it was almost like they were toying with us; like they didn't, they knew they didn't need to score because their offense was wasn't playing well. But I still think the keys lie in stopping Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it sounds really cliche to say it's always about the quarterback, you know, but for him specifically in that game, and I'm referencing that because it's the two teams that we're talking about, right? But he had so much time. He could, you know, I can only imagine he was able to go through his progressions twice and then find Mm -hmm. a throw or just scamper for, you know, he had a 20-yard touchdown run in that game. Like, you know, we have to do better than that. Um, So instead of containment, which is what I said earlier in the year, Scratch that. <laughs> Obviously, you have to stay home, but I'll give up a few scrambles if that means we're rattling him. If that means we're right. throwing off, throwing him off his game, where he's having to make decisions that he doesn't want to make. Like that's, I think that's the way to beat Jalen Hurts. Is is, you know, and it's it's kind of like you know the elite players in the NBA. You know, you're not going to shut them down. They're going to get their right. twenty points, ten rebounds. They're going to put up their stats. But can you make them work for it? Can you make them? earn it really like make it a huge challenge so that they're at least flustered. Um, you know, that, that, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, and then, and then obviously we have to play better on offense because we looked, we looked really bad in that game. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um, but also I guess, you know, I was looking this up for the, uh, for an article I was writing and, you know, the two games that Justin Jefferson's or two Justin Jefferson's worst two games of the year were coincidentally in the in the Cowboys and Eagles games. And so it's weird to consider a wide receiver that much of an impact, but if he doesn't get any opportunities, you know, he is our he is our top weapon. So, you know, we've got to find ways to get him the ball. Jet sweeps, sh- uh, getting him in motion all the time, which O'Connell's usually pretty good about, you know, having him throw the ball, which he's done a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, the Eagles, the year they beat us to go to the Super Bowl, um, you know, that was the Nick, the Nick Foles Super Bowl win year that they had all sorts of trick plays and everyone, yep. you know, and that's what they did. Cause they had probably, cause they had Nick Foles and no one thought they'd beat the Patriots and whatnot. And so, um, so I think, you know, I would say creativity on offense, maybe to sum it up and then do something to rattle Jalen hurts, you know, make him not stand back there and, you know, I, if I I don't know I'm I'm a I'm a hardcore fan so I'm pro- probably making it sound worse than it was but I swear he dropped back and he just hung out and <laughs> was just scanning progression again for fun and saying okay fine I guess I'll throw it it's really comfortable back here though so I don't know if <laughs> I'm trying to pull up how many times did the Commanders get to Hertz in the game that they won that's what I want to know oh. They only got to him one time, but I really feel like I, I mean, they, so I feel like the key you're right is, yeah. Can you keep, how contained can you keep them? Right. And, and you can do that through blitzing or not, but if this team is going to stay committed to putting Zadarian Smith over the middle of the offensive line, you know, you're losing then your best edge setter. Right. Um, right. Patrick Peterson, we know can come up and tackle, but, Having any corner be responsible for bringing down Jalen Hurts is is a mistake. Having pretty almost anybody do it, it is tough. I I was gonna ask you like okay between Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendrick, you know who would you rather have as as spy? But even mm-hmm. that, just like no no one's gonna keep up with Hurts, right? It, right. So you, you're just hurting yourself in that aspect of not having a guy either blitzing or actually in coverage. Um, so yeah, there's no. There's no great way to do it. What what it would really be, and again, this is a perfect world, is you do have your four on the line. You have Smith and Hunter really out there setting a really good edge, but you're mm-hmm. still counting on them to, while maintaining their, their rush integrity and their lanes and everything, 
still win one-on-one matchups yeah. and can they beat those tackles on the other side who are fantastic yes um but you know the nfc championship game man we got to be fantastic too so yeah. can you have them doing that while saying all right corners now now focus on you know preventing the deep plays harrison smith don't let aj brown win one-on-one over the top okay eric kendrick's uh i, I think dallas goddard should be back by that time in the postseason so kendrick's on dallas goddard and you know, you, you can't pl- actually play man because y- you play man against Jalen Hurts and that's going to end terribly. But right. just in terms of the matchups, you can see where it would be. But yeah, it starts with Hurts. You can't just let him run around. So you have to set the edge. Um, right. You got to keep people in front. But you do have to also just kind of get to the point where it's about execution also and say, go make a play. And yeah, if you can mix in with some creativity in terms of actually getting some blitzes through, that strong of an offensive line and Hertz doesn't just get away from you and run for 20 yep. yards. And like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. That is what the commanders did. Um, it's well, just gonna be hard, man. It's just, yeah. So and good. I was surprised when you said that the commanders only got to him one time. Cause so I just looked it up here. So here's how they lost the, he was only sacked once for five yards and he was only hit like five times or pressured, you know, five or six times. The commanders had 40 to 20, minutes and advantage of time of possession. Mm-hmm. The Eagles had four turnovers. Hurts uh, had a pick, and then Watkins, Devontae Smith, and Goddard all fumbled. And so, you know, uh, the, oppor- right. all the, the, opportun- the opportunistic side of the defense, I guess, is what you have to do. That's, But I, I was surprised. That, that's why I had to look that up. I was surprised. Too. Like, There's no way they only got to yep. him one time. Because, yep. like you mentioned it earlier, that commander's front front is really – is really impressive. And so I thought I for sure thought that was one of the keys. And they ran for 150 yards against the Eagles too. So, you know, it's the old the old timers. We just have to have the ball the whole game and then we'll be That's all right. right. <laughs> Run the ball, play defense, force punts. Because there there really is no perfect way to stop this offense. Obviously, the, right. the best way to stop any offense is yeah, get home with four and and drop seven in coverage, but it's not it's not always realistic, especially with a top three offensive <laughs> line and a a, a quarterback that can run and is having the best passing career of his you know life basically yeah. um yeah so, he looks he looks so mature this year Jalen hurts and and last year i guess i didn't watch him close enough but i just like i mentioned that playoff game i watched he looked awful i was like okay he's not even gonna start next year and here he is now he's looking like an all pro and i'm like i'm i'm an idiot so <laughs> what do, what do <laughs> my, i know <laughs> my thing with hurts and I'll, I'll just do 60 seconds on hurts and then we'll get back to the vikings my thing with hurts was <laughs> Okay, if this coaching, because yeah, in the Bucks game, what did they run offensively? Right, it was a bunch of screens, a bunch of short passes, and then the occasional go ball, which he is great at. If they can trust him and coach him up and, and coach his offensive up, offense up, just to make it a little bit more complex, mm-hmm. and then he can execute that. This is going to take off. That was my whole thing, and and I didn't have a lot of confidence that that would happen. I had some yep. because you know it was a first time head coach. Just coming in, knew I wasn't expecting everything to be fantastic from day one, but it was like right. they have to change what they're doing and and what they're asking of them. They have to ask more, and they did, and it's it's worked. I mean, so oh that, yeah, you know, it's been fantastic. You know, with, with Hertz and I think with the Commanders, their containment on the defensive line, and what I think the Vikings can do is like what you said. It's like just contain him. He only rushed for twenty eight yards that game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, he's rushed for less yards in in games that they've obviously also won in. But it does yep. start there. You can't let him run mm-hmm. for 70, 80, 90, 100 yards on you and and also expect to stop the pass. That's just not going to happen. So really the best way to stop Hurts 
is just to not let them have the ball. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, you if you can get the run game, if you can get long drives going, because <laughs> it does feel like this Vikings team, if I will say one thing about their offense, if they're not putting a touchdown drive together, a, a 10, 12 play drive or, or the occasional explosive play for a touchdown, it does feel like it's, it's like a three and out, right? So you just have to limit yeah. those. You have to put long drives together. Yeah. Whether you're getting three or seven, you'll need seven against the Eagles, but just in general in the playoffs, yep. put long drives together. Keep your, you know, keep keep your keep your defense off the field as long as you can. Utilize this really good offense you have. I believe in this team, man. And you know, this wouldn't be my pick to, to go to the Super Bowl, but I won't be surprised if it happens. Um, I'll tell you, I'll be more surprised if they lose in the first round than if they ended up in the Super Bowl. That that's kind of where Correct. I'm at with this team right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And and oh, what what I, are your what are your thoughts? Oh, I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna say we do have these weird slumps where all we do is go three and out, and I can't I cannot explain it for the life of me. That screen thing I mentioned earlier, that's part of how I'd explain it, it if I had mm-hmm. to. Um, mm-hmm. Just too many third and longs at some point they eat you up because even if you rush for three yards and three yards, at least that's man. Like our offense should be able to get five yards anywhere, you know, to get to get a first down, um, you know, so like you mentioned that, like our rookie punter has been really good. So if we can somehow get on the, the good end of the field position battle early, if we can sustain some drives and then Greg's got to hit a field goal here or two. Um, and even if we don't get seven, we can, we just can't leave any opportunities for points on the table. Um, Cause the margin for error, I think will be, and that, that would go for the Cowboys matchup too. I feel like I, I just don't think we'll have margin for error. Which is why it's going to be nerve wracking, but but like you said, I, I I I do believe in this team. Um, it's got the right vibe to it. Um, yeah, I believe in our ability to adjust and improve, and so I, you know, you, you got to beat the best to be the best. So let's go. I I'm ready to go to Philly and win, or better to have them come here so we can beat them on our trip. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fantastic, Josh. Plug whatever you got to plug, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Go to stadiumrant.com for. Tons of sports coverage. There's articles all the time. Um, and then for football specifically, even though the Daily Skull is no longer a standalone site on its own, there is an NFL tab, an NFC North tab. So we got all your teams covered. We're coming out with um, – I'll be publishing tomorrow an article, the all NFC North defensive team, um, <laughs> which I'm trying not to be too biased in, but like, like the Lions have a terrible <laughs> pass defense and the Bears have – the Bears are on the list a lot. Their defense is surprisingly decent for how bad their team is, um, and and uh, um, the you know the Packers have a couple guys. So if you're if you're at all interested in that, um, hop on over there for some some good from for some more great content about football. Um, and I I don't I I'll give a shout out to all people who create content way more than me. So Simon, you're one of those people because um, I don't do like anything fantasy football related. I tried really hard to do like a weekly article and podcast on my own. And it is so exhausting to try to put out content. Like, I mean, content that you can be proud of. That's the thing, too. Like, yeah, anyone can hit record and do something. But, yep. you know, to put in the research and to to, to try to make your context, content something you can feel proud of. Like, right now, it's just, just the writing for me. So um, head on over to the stadium rant for sure. But uh, otherwise, yeah, go Vikes. Love it, man. It's fantastic. You do great work, everyone. Please go give Josh a follow. Again, that's jlime8 on Twitter. Uh, go read all of his stuff. Yeah, you the Vikings should dominate that uh, all-defense team uh, for the NFC North. Oh, yeah. I'm scrolling through the offense right now, so I can't wait to see that defensive team. <laughs> Josh, we really appreciate you. And, you know, when when the Vikings are in the uh, 
you know, the one seed or the NFC championship game or even in the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll have you back. and we'll, we'll talk all about it, my man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Simon. All right. That is a wrap on the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and being here. I hope you enjoyed this format. Like I said, this is going to be the way it works for the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the NFL playoffs. Thank you so much to Josh once again for being on the Simon Short podcast. Really appreciate you. Um, everybody, please go follow Josh on Twitter at JLime8 and check out his work covering the Minnesota Vikings over on Stadium Rant. You can find links in the description of this episode to both his Twitter account and some of his work. Um, really, really great stuff. Always great to have a conversation with Josh. We really appreciate him being on and uh, hope to do that again soon. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Hope you all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Have fun and be safe out there.